All right, all right, here we are yet again. It's your wonderful host, Demian, back with another episode of English and Coffee. Today I'm sitting at Boyd Lee Park, drinking a McCafe, five creams, five sugars, subpar, not too hot, not too cold, wearing a black sweater, blue jeans, and some old fishing shoes, getting ready for another exciting podcast, as we do on Saturday. Um, weather's about 51 degrees right now. Still got some sunlight, probably about another 30 minutes to an hour before sunset. Just going to ease into this one and see where we go. So I hope you got your cup. Let's take a sip. Oh yeah, let's go. I don't know about you guys, but 2021 is already starting to show its tail. I mean, the year has just started. And things are just getting flipped upside down. Um, if you looked in the news, you saw what happened over there at the Capitol. Uh, maybe at your job, they've got some internal structure changes going on. Management moving up, management moving down, people getting demoted, people getting fired, people getting hired. This is a season of change. You know, beginning of the year in January, people start to get hiring people, people start to fire people. People start to make plans, people start to break old habits. A lot of things start changing. People join gym memberships. People say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to, you know, take up art collecting, stamp collecting, all these plans. So this is kind of like the planning phase, but that's what people normally do. But now when you throw COVID on top of it, the world's in an uproar, world's, you know, upside down. So we have this huge, huge area now in my city which is a testing area. I mean, literally, it's a freaking obstacle course of cars that you have to drive through. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Go through all this stuff, and they got cops all around it so that you can drive through this testing booth. So they basically have a drive-through testing station. Um, I had to go through there last week because, you know, one of the folks that I work with had reported they had a situation. So just as a preemptive measure, you know, go in there, be on the safe side, go in there, get another test. So I had to go sit through that. The whole thing took about 45 minutes. And it was interesting because this time you go through, you go by this little tower or group of people and they hand you a, a clipboard. You put your information on it. Well, you take the clipboard with you because they sanitize it. They pull it out of this plastic or they hand you this plastic packet and you take the clipboard and you have to fill this out while you're sitting in your car. You have to be in your vehicle, windows rolled up, whatever, with your mask on. Then when you get up to the the line you know the bigger line because it was like literally like a airport that's this kind of traffic how they had it working like an airport you know when you're picking up somebody and they're running out grabbing their bags <clears throat> so sitting there people come out you hand them a little clipboard you know they they say okay take a clipboard then they write it take a little sticky note or post it put your last name on the windshield of your car so everybody sit there with their name on their windshield of their car People take it over there to this little tent. Then they go in the tent and they're sitting there uh, getting on the computer, keying in all your information. You know, if you've got insurance, if you got this, if you got that. Then, as they're going back and forth through the cars, because see, not every car just had one person. Some cars had four or five people in it. Then they come back. Then they give you your ID back because they took your ID when they took your clipboard. You know, when they took your clipboard with your information, they take your ID. All this stuff. So now they're sitting around. You could see them looking for you, even though you just gave them their, you know, your ID. They're walking around trying to figure out who's who, walking up to this car, walking up to that car with IDs, trying to match the face with the picture. 
because they don't even remember the name. So they've been doing this all day. Now, it was a little chaotic, but I got to give it to those people for even being out there dealing with that because you're not going to find me out there, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be out there going through a thousand people or 500 people a day trying to check people to see, you know, if they're breathing healthy or not. Uh, they're definitely putting themselves at risk. But at the same time, it's almost like it could easily spread an infection or something because based on the fact that they're having contact with that many people and then contacting other cars. So they go to your car, and if you're sick, then they're going to the next car, you see. So they're bringing whatever you got over there to the next car and then going to the car after that. So it's like <clears throat> just as much as they're trying to contain an infection, can contain a source of, you know, spread, they're also adding to it. But in the same token, it's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. Um, but with that, you can see how easily, easily stuff travels. But yeah, so we had to deal with that first part of the week. Well, about dead middle of the week, had to deal with that situation. Uh, got through that. Everything came back good as it always does for now. And I'm glad about that. You know, knock on wood, knock on wood if I had wood in my car, but happy about that. <clears throat> Other people aren't so lucky. The situation is here in my city, it's just a tone. I mean, it's starting to impact companies, the way people are doing things, the mood, the morale. You know, you can feel it at your job, feel it when you're talking with people. You know, money's getting scarce for some people because they're still not working. So they've already been almost a year without work. Unemployment checks are getting thin. People are just getting that scarce spot or flight mode. Uh, but, you know, you just got to keep persistent. Keep moving on. Keep doing what you got to do. Got to do things differently. The world's different. Just go ahead and accept that fact. It's, it's not going to be like it was in 1990. It's, that's over. This 2021, COVID could be around another 10 years. Nothing you can avoid something you got to live with. My take on it is probably going to blow through everybody, right? Some people are going to make it, some people won't make it, but it's going to blow through everybody and then we'll all have it, right? Or not have it. But this isn't any different than, you know, the, the malarias and the polios and all those different things that they had, you know, in the past. There's too many people walking around for there to be diseases that haven't been diagnosed yet. Viruses and stuff floating around. You got people in Antarctica, you got people in Africa, you got people over there in China, you got people in America, you got people in South America, you got people in Canada, Australia, everywhere in the world there are people, and each location has its own set of bacteria, its own set of germs, viruses, diseases. So when you have somebody travel halfway across the world, visit somebody else, they're bringing whatever they dealt with over there that wasn't impacting them because they're already used to it. That's their environment. It's just like you take a fish, you know, you take a shark, big old great white shark in the water. It's a king, right? Crushing everything. But you take it out of the water, it dies. Just like a person. This is your environment where you live. That's where you spent 90% of your life. But you go moving halfway across the world. There's a whole new series of viruses and, and climates and things that your body has to adjust to. And sometimes you just don't have the ability to do that. So I believe what happens is when a virus or something like that is introduced to a new culture, you know, a new sample, then there's just no way for it to to respond. It has to consume before it can resume, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like if you could picture if you could picture a spread, like if you were to put oil on water or something like that and just watch how it just kind of disperses over the whole thing, right? And then it just kind of it never really clicks, but it just kind of 
two two liquid surfaces touching each other. You know, so when you come in contact with these these diseases and these viruses that your body's not used to because that's not the environment you grew up in, then it's just hard to to process, hard for your body to to get over. You know, um, you go to a different country, they say don't drink the water, but the natives drink the water. Okay, the you drink the water, the water's terrible, the water's nasty, right? But the natives can drink the water and it doesn't do anything to their system. They can drink it, their bowels aren't messed up, they're not throwing up every time you turn around, but you drink it, you're throwing your head off. Why? You're not used to it. So I think it's kind of going to be one of those things where this wave blows through, everybody has it or has come in contact with it, and then we keep moving on until the next thing comes in. Now, you know, we look if you look back over time and you see they hit the dinosaurs, you know, the Ice Age and all these things that have come and just clean clean the earth before, just wipe the earth. I mean, we're humans, but we didn't look like this before. We were cavemen and cave women, right? Take another sip. We're out there, you know, with sticks of wood, beating bobcats in the head, saber toothed tigers, and all that type of stuff. Mammoths. You know, dealing with things like that, that stuff's not here anymore. It's just bones, right? So what makes us think we're going to be here, you know, in the next 10,000 years? Not going to happen. We're here now. So what I would say is start adapting, start adjusting, you know, start preparing yourself and in, in, in understanding what you can do if you want to be here another 10 years. Because if you let this little, this little hiccup take you out of the game, whether it takes you out of the game financially, mentally, physically, I mean, you won't. You won't make it. You have to find strength in other places. Whether that might be religion, that might be finally getting that medical appointment you needed to get to check up on your, your breathing or your digestion. Eat, excuse me, eating better. Uh, just just taking better care of yourself and those close to you. Because this is the time when you need it more than ever. You know, if you're at a job, you're working your job, you've been there 15 years. Okay, that was before a pandemic hit. I mean, look at look at America. Look at the White House, right? You saw what happened over there. It's crazy right now. The world is just crazy. So you can't sit here and base what 2021 is going to be based on something from 1980, 1990s of the past or whatever you grew up through. This is a new world we're living in. It's a different time. So you have to adjust, respond accordingly. Now you arm yourself with tools, information, difference between you and the next person is information. This guy knows it, you don't. Guess who has the edge? This lady knows it, you don't. Guess who has the edge? So you have to just take this time to prepare, focus on what's most important to you, capitalize on it, and move forward. It's not what I started off talking about, but it's just where the conversation went. Because that's how we do here on English and Coffee. So I'm going to pause it, take a quick break, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll probably close it out because I think I've said a lot already in this short podcast. You know, one of the things I love about this podcast is that it's unedited. It's edited in the fact that after I record the podcast, I trim the ends of it. But nothing happens in the middle where all the meat is, all the ums, ands, or whatever. I don't think I say too many of those, but I'm sure I have my own little sayings and things that I do. But here's the thing. Because as I think it, it records. I speak it, you hear it. This is live, unadulterated English. The only thing I'm not using in here is 
profanity, you know, like an extensive use of profanity, just because in my, my day to day, I don't, I don't, I just not a person that cusses. I'll cuss if it's a situation that calls for it. You know, like if I'm talking with my mom and we're talking about some dummy on the road or something like that, but just to be a foul mouth, you know, a potty mouth, that's not me. But here's the thing. One of the little, uh, epiphanies, so to speak, it's not even really an epiphany. It's just an ongoing dialogue I've had with myself, a thought is that, you know, when you're sitting there on your couch, right? And you've got things you want to do for the day. You're like, okay, you went to bed. Let's say you went to bed. Let's say you had a long night, whatever, but you went to bed, you wake up, you get up in the morning and you got things you want to do, you know, so you make your little breakfast, drink your little coffee, do your little morning rituals. And you know, you're watching TV and you're like, okay, I've got time. I've got time. I've got some time to kill. But when you go to think about doing what you really wanted to do for the day, you start getting tired. You ever had that where you just start getting tired? You're like, oh, I'm so sleepy. You know, I need to go in there and just take another nap. Now, you just got out of bed, so you're not tired. You just got out of bed, so you're not tired. So that sleepy feeling, that sleepy feeling, I think that is stress, (laughs) like for real stress, like mental fatigue, it's stress. But Sometimes it's good stress, you know, because when you push through it, you get things done. Now, why do I say it's good stress? Well, it's a sign. It could be an indicator to let you know that what you're about to do is stepping out of your comfort zone or something that you need to do. So let's just say, because see, here's the example. I'm not talking about when you're doing something bad, but just something you want to do. Like you say, today, I'm going to paint the house. I'm going to paint the barn. Today, I'm going to wash the car, whatever it is, right? Yeah, but you're doing all these other things, right? But just when you get ready to go to do the thing that you said you wanted to do, you get tired, you get sleepy, you don't have any energy, you know, you're not, you're not motivated to do it. You look at the time, it's freaking two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, nine o'clock in the morning, whatever, whatever time frame you're on over there, and you're just not getting it done. But here's the thing, the moment you say, okay, well, I'm not going to wash the car today, and then you just sit down and plop down on the couch, cut on TV, get up, get something to eat, right? Bounce back and forth. Next thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. So you just sat there eight hours doing nothing that you planned to do, right? Eight hours, but you were too tired to go out there and take 30 minutes to wash the car. So start paying attention to that little, those little physical cues your body sends you. You know, use it as a trigger. Don't, you know, when you get that little, I'm tired, little tinge in your body, that little signal that tells you you want to go to sleep, don't always think it's sleep think say did I go to sleep last night okay I went to sleep I slept for six hours I'm typically up till 10 o'clock it's three o'clock in the afternoon I'm not tired this is fatigue of a different kind but this is the stuff that keeps you from getting your goals accomplished if you go crawl in the bed every time you feel sleepy I'm putting that in air quotes you never get anything done all right but on that one I'm out I hope you all have a good one and I want to tell you to be safe out there Because COVID is still out there, okay? It may not be as scary as it looks on TV for some people, right? But let me tell you what. This, 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 this week, you know, this week that I've been through, wearing this mask, this little, it's reinforced. It's not one of the little blue ones you get from, you know, from the hospital or nothing. It's it's, it's a real mask. But wearing this mask and being as close as I am to some of these folks, right? And then you find out later that they have had different situations. Wearing that mask, I had to think that's one of the only things that kept me from being in their situation. So I'm going to continue to wear 
the mask or masks, you know, as I come across them and collect different ones, I might as well start just buying ones with logos on it or something or customizing my own mask. Because at this point, we're going to be in it for a while and I might as well just keep wearing it. I mean, people do that in other countries. It is what it is. I mean, I'm not wearing it now while I'm recording this, but that's fine. I'm in my car. But when you're out in the public, out in the community, shoot, inhaling all these toxic fumes, pollution, things like that, yeah. I'd probably say get one with a filter, you know, so you can see. Because, I mean, these are cloth. I would like to see one that's a little little more reinforced. Uh, it has, you know, filters in there so you can see, see what's coming through, if stuff's passing or not. But, I mean, might as well just wear a mask all the time. Now, the only challenge with that is finding out how to kiss somebody with a mask on. But we'll save that one for another podcast. Hope you all have a good one. I'll see you in the next one.